Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Die Die Podcast. We are all the way up to episode number 54. I'm one of your hosts, Tom, and somewhere out there is Neil. We're back in our respective homes. How are you doing, Neil? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you today, Tom. Uh, how are you? It's good to hear you your know, voice again. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, you know, I think a lot of people are catching up with, like, past episodes. Mm-hmm. Because people are like, come on, give us more, give us more. I'm like, yeah, you hungry, hungry dog <laughs> bastards. So we might, we might try to ramp it up a little bit, but we'll see. It's very well, hot. The weather's nice. I, uh, it's, it's just, it's Saturday afternoon and it's a beautiful day, hot. And I had to go run some errands and I came home and my wife was outside like raking and doing some yard work. And she's like, Hey, what are you going to do now? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go podcast. And you should have seen the look, Neil. You Did she just roll her eyes? Well, if she knows it was me, maybe she'd be happier, you know? Right. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. It's, it's, uh, but, but in, uh, anyway, so she's like, Oh, fine. So her and my younger daughter went to the bunny auction. Oh yeah, bunnies. That's a big so deal. We, yeah, you're up to nine bunnies, and then nine. Them, yep, and then two of them uh, wow. went bye bye. They're going to my in-laws uh, like to eat them actually. So two of the big ones went bye bye that Addie was and my daughter was not attached to. And I'm just like, how many freaking bunnies are we gonna have? It's like I, I need to draw this invisible line in the sand and say we're only allowed to have so many bunnies. My wife was like, why? What do you care? I'm like, I guess whatever. Well, so anyway, you, yes. Well, why do you have so to I go get more? Don't the they part. don't they just produce themselves? <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't really want brothers and sisters having children. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Alabama, you know, this is Michigan. <laughs> it is country though. <laughs> uh, I mean, compared to what you're used to, but I mean, if you really live on the country, it's the same country. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But you know, life is life as usual here at the ranch. Well, I have to what say, you, what have you been up to? You you were talking about you're you're going back to like work at your office pretty soon, right? I am. I go back on Monday. Um, now it's just a couple days a week, uh, and me and the other guy in my department, like I I'll go in Mondays and Wednesdays, and he'll go in Tuesdays and Thursdays, which is kind of a drag because one of the things I really enjoy is going out for a drink after work. Was so, anybody Rick? Yeah, it's my buddy Rick. Yeah, our, our um, t-shirt model. Yeah, our, like t-shirt, five, our lovely t-shirt like model. Ten years. Yeah, if not five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I guess I guess we can still meet up after work. I guess that's not a big deal. But so it's going to be weird, right? They take we we get, we were given this big pamphlet of instructions before we can get in the building. We have to get our temperatures taken and uh, and sign something, and then they give us a mask and gloves and stuff. And they're even giving us like beeper things where if you get within six feet of somebody, they go off. I mean, it's it's I understand the being safe thing, but this seems to be like it's going a little bit over the top. Well, you know what I mean? There's two elements to getting it, and one of them is proximity, and the other is actually the amount of time in proximity. Yeah. So walking by someone is not necessarily that. You know what you should do, Neil? You should get like a tape measure and just pull six feet out of it and just put it through your fly and just walk around like crotch thrust at anybody. Say, you can't get, do not come within this range. This is my boat. And when the ladies complain, I'll be just like, hey, I'm just being so, I'm just being safe. Exactly. What do you want? Yes. Don't you, don't you care about your older loved ones? Yes, exactly. I am actually one of the older loved ones, I think, this uh, by now, you know. I, I I'd really like to take a poll to see if you're one of the loved ones among your coworkers. But hey, <laughs> you that's, son just, of a bitch. that's just my theory. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, Michigan has actually ramped up the mask thing. That has become the big thing. She hasn't really closed. We've closed our bars. So like the places you and I went when you were here visiting, yeah, are still considered restaurants. So they haven't ah, had to close. If you serve food, you're cool. Okay, gotcha. But it's a percentage thing. If you yeah. do more than seven percent alcohol, but I think it's kind of what she's going after i think is like the dance clubs because these dance clubs you can't keep these these young people off each other right 
Well, these days, so, may, these days maybe you can because you'll get sued and banned on Facebook and social media and stuff, right? So I don't even yes. know how that works these days. Tell you I the mean, truth. Yeah, so the new rule is now this would be interesting to see what happens because last time I checked, governors can't make laws unilaterally. But um, if you're inside pretty much any enclosed space, you have to wear a mask. And so, okay, we, we work inside a lot, you know, so I'll definitely, it'll definitely change my work routine a little bit. But I'm exposed to all kinds of crap on my job, so we haven't really worried Literally. about it. Literally. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yes. Um, but now, if I'm working side-by-side side outside with someone, we have to we have to wear them. Like, if, if two of us are working on, you know, hmm. so it, it, it's definitely, it's not my favorite thing, but, you know, it's, I, I don't know, whatever. It is so, what it is. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm, I'm getting. If, if I'm sitting at my desk, I don't have to wear a mask. But if I get up to move around anywhere or even stand up, because we have stand-up desks. So if we put my if I put my desk up and stand up, at that point, I have to wear a mask. Even though there's no one on the other side of me, which I don't seems know what, a bit I don't, silly. I don't know exactly how that works with us. I think you're supposed to pretty much do it anytime you're inside. But it is kind of... I mean, I when, guess... When, when I hear, start hearing science, science, that makes me go, oh, really? Because you could still sit in, your re- in a restaurant, sit down, and take your stuff off. So if I'm in my cubicle, I mean, I'm more than six feet from the guy next to me. Right. I mean, I, 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 I doubt we'll be wearing him in our cubicles. I doubt nobody's boss really wants to go around and do that. But I think what we'll probably do is our building is open to the public in general terms, but we'll probably lock our building back up. So I'll tell you what, when, we, when we're doing the show next week or whatever, I'll tell you how this first week back to work okay, went so, so yeah right. we'll see we'll see what kind of nonsense we uh kind of nonsense i got up to so, so uh so before we look okay one more thing let's do a t-shirt update yes sir t-shirts i just sent out a bunch of them today as a matter of fact i only have i currently have one that i'm gonna hand deliver and i have one extra large gray i think or extra large white i can't remember i have one t-shirt that doesn't have a home yet yeah um and I, as of right now, I think we still. I, you, I think you put an update on the Facebook. By the time you yeah. hear this, it'll probably be gone. But I think I'm thinking we're probably going to try to do. And and Neil did the legwork on this, so I'm, I hate to speak for him, but I think he'll probably try to do another batch. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, probably pre-orders, we, like not necessarily yet the pay in advance, but like, you know, kind of commit, semi-commit to it, so we don't. Because this this has been. You know, Neil and I are losing money on this deal. We're just doing it for fun. And I got to tell you, it has been kind of cool in a way, Neil. Doesn't it remind you of like when you were young? Yeah, it does. It does. It's like putting out a zine or doing that kind of thing where you don't mind putting out the money up front. You know, handwriting these packages. Right. And I'm getting a couple stickers in there. I haven't been writing notes. I, I, when I did the stickers initially, I tried to write a little note on, on the stickers or something. But it does remind me, you know, that thrill you get when you were like, 18 or 16 or whatever you get a package of records in the mail or you get a, a t-shirt something some from stick. a band yeah for sure yeah, it's yeah. fun yeah that being said we're not going to do it at a net loss forever so we'll, oh, yeah. we'll uh, my my wife's going to get the get the statement the credit card statement from the mail and go what in the from the post office and go what in the hell is going on around here but that's all right um so i i think for the second <laughs> run when we do decide to do a second run and it probably won't be until the fall mm. maybe september or something but we're probably going to do we'll do black next time i know a lot of people have been asking for black um okay. we'll play do black next time and we also might do some hoodies and stuff like that so we'll just have but we'll have to see because like, those well, will obviously be more expensive so you and i if we ever appear in public together we're just gonna be decked head to toe <laughs> yes and punk till i die gear the, the sports shorts the t-shirts the <laughs> headbands the uh masks well, I have to admit, I, I've actually thought about getting a punctual Die tattoo because I love our logo so much that I've actually thought about that. So, well, uh, I'll tell you what, probably join you in that. 
but I don't know if I would get the whole face. I might just do like the banner or something. I don't know. We're just gonna do like a, a, a text around the circle with an empty circle in the middle. No, no. <laughs> You're gonna do the, your face in the middle. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I got a little room. I still got some room in my leg. Maybe I'll do that like the arched banner or something. I don't know. It just seems like a long. I would. You'd have to. A, you'd have to have somebody really good. Which I which do. I, I, you know. But man, that's a lot of that's a lot of detail. That would take a long time. Uh, my my Paul Weller one on my arm. I have one. Uh, I'll I'll put a p- picture up of it. I mean that's super 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 detailed, and that took four hours. I mean that's well, on a. I mean it's, and that's more detailed than our logo by by any means. Four so hours someone, four hours of someone poking you with a rusty nail. That's fine. It was just the money, man. Because you know the guys in Chicago ain't cheap. Good. What does well, it say? We'll see, good. Now, if you're laying there like with your not only with your face in the bench, well I don't know. You're getting it on your arm probably. But yeah, you have to sit there with your mask. Actually, no, no. You know what? You know what? That that is actually a good point. Um, that's actually probably the thing that hurt more than the tattoo itself. Is just you have to hold your arm in a really unnatural angle, right, for four hours. And by the, by the time that was done, it you was did all uh, one, one session. Uh, yeah, it was one session. Yeah. Yeah, I've never done that long. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. But anyway, yeah, the t-shirts. They, yeah. They, so yeah, we've been sending them out. Most everyone who's either promised one or paid for one has. Like I said, I think they're all sent out. As a matter of fact, do I have one one sitting there? So because you're gonna have I've to deliver that one. Like, Give me one. Like I don't have an, I don't have any more, dude. I don't have any more. And we'll probably have to get some extended sizes. We'll probably get some three X. You think we so? A, yeah, we've had a couple requests for those. We've had one guy ask for it on the on our page, and my buddy here wow, would like okay. one. Wow. Okay. Three yeah. X. All right. Dude, um, and and, and, and I tell you what might differentiate the second release of the second version of the shirt. Maybe we'll add some more names to the death roll on the back, because you wanted Gigi on there, which is fine. Um, <laughs> and then we can add uh, maybe we can add Jess the Mess on there as well. Well, if we do everyone slightly different, then they'll be sort of collectible, right? Or maybe we do next time we do like a light blue and a khaki or something. Right? Well, I pe- like I said, people want black, so I, you then, know that's then fine. You, then you and I will have one for every like <laughs> yes, yeah, every version every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. So, so cool. anyway. So, so we have a theme today, but we're not going to disclose it yet. So, Neil, you're going to play a song that will provide a slight hint. What song are you going to play for us? Um. Oh man, now you've now you've put me on the spot. Uh, what do you? Th- which which one of those artists do you think I should do first? It, uh, what would I do? You, I wanted to tell you. Yes. Uh, do a Ramones one. Okay. No, so, no, no, no. Do, do. Yeah, do yeah, do Ramones. No, I can't say. See. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. The first song we're going to play, we are going to play um, Beat on the Brat by the Ramones, obviously off their classic, classic first album. So here we go, Ramones, with Beat on the Brat. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Run like- 
Speed on the brat. Of course, you all know that. I mean, geez, if you if you don't know that, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this to this show, right? Because <laughs> unless you be... want to be educated, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant and trying to be educate educate yourself. Neil, why are you why are you trying to alienate our potential ignorant audience? Is it, but it, would there be anyone, even if they're like 14 years old, who don't know Beat on the Brat by the Ramones? See, I mean, I would say Blitzkrieg Bop maybe would fall into that category because they play that at like ball games and stuff. But I don't know about Beat on the Brat. Okay, well maybe so. So, um, well, speaking of the remote, okay, I, I just thought of something, right? And I, I need to uh, run this by you. Oh, no, we're going to talk about talk about something. Uh, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit for people. You know, I, I, I write, obviously, for lots of things. And when you write for these places, you get on these press release mailing yes. lists. Yes, sir. So I probably get 15, I'm going to say average, like 15 emails a day. Wow. Or better from people trying to get me to cover their artists. 99% of them get deleted without even second thought. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's interesting stuff where, you know, you and I will have a side conversation about it's like, hey, is this something we're interested in? Or, or I'll think about whether or not I want to write a review of the record or whatever. But uh, one that I got recently was Mickey Lee. Oh, yeah. He's got some kind of a band. I can't remember what it's called. Mutated Music or something like that. And he's got a new single out, some feel-good COVID unity mm. single or something I, I didn't actually listen to it for being honest but uh part of me's like oh man that might be the one should we pursue mickey lee do you think would it, would it be interesting to talk to mickey lee well first off i know mickey lee has something to do with ramones but remind me of exactly who he oh, is joey's brother. huh joey's brother okay yeah well how is that so i don't, I don't know if that'd be interesting or not um well to get how him on the joey's show brother? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, would that be interesting if I pursued that? I, I mean, I don't know that I, I could. Guess. I have no, no idea whether we could or not. Now, why is but his, were, why is his name Mickey Lee? Why is his name Mickey Lee if that wasn't Joey's name? Ramon's name wasn't Joey Lee, or Joey, you know, obviously Joey Ramon. Well, well, it wasn't Joey Lee. I guess he doesn't want to be, I guess he doesn't want to be Mickey Hyman. <laughs> and he could be a gynecologist. He'll be perfect. What I mean, are you that, talking that's about? That's their name, right? Did I say that wrong? It Jeff Hyman, Hyman yeah. It? Jeff Hyman, yeah. That's correct. Like I, I said, he's he, perverted. In it. I mean, it's not like they had a brother named Broken. <laughs> that I know of. Ivor. <laughs> oh, anyway. We are 12. It's amazing. Okay. Yes, inside of every grown man is a 12 year old boy, and hopefully not vice versa, right? <laughs> Get Gary Glitter on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Well, this show went off the rails in a hurry, my friend. 
I almost think we need to compose ourselves and, and play another song. But let's anyway. I was just I was I saw that. And I'm like sometimes I won't delete the emails. Right. I'm like oh that that's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. But anyway, that's see now kids, you got to see how the sausage was made. Well, when well, I, say well kids, I, I tell you what. Now that you've now that you've announced it to the audience, let's have them vote. Would you be interested in hearing an interview? Punctual I Die style with Mickey Lee because who knows what the hell he might want to actually talk about watch they'll say overwhelmingly say yeah we'd love to hear that I'll email the publicist they won't even get back to me like piss up a rope well here's the thing (laughs) with with someone like he might want to talk about it he might not want to talk about Joey at all he might just want to talk about his own band which we nobody cares about I'm sorry Mickey this guy about his new band trust me he's talking about Joey he wrote a a book a pretty one of the more famous Ramones yeah hmm it was called I Slept with Joey Ramon. It was written by his brother, Mickey Lee. You remember that? Uh, I, I vaguely. No, I'm going to say no. I mean, there's been so many that, that, you know, I don't pay attention to all the different Ramones books that come out. Um, no, the first question we can a- I'll ask him, I'll, I'll grill him. Why did you change your name? Why don't you why, like being called Hyman, Hyman Man? Like that? Why did, why did you kill your brother? <laughs> yes. Why didn't you go I, pick him up from his apartment when he fell down, said, you bastard? No, no, here's you do. Why didn't you just do like Linda, Ramon? Just change your, just change your last name. Yeah, exactly. Like, so if you go on these Ramon's fan pages, which I think you're on a couple of them, right? Uh, yeah, I am. You're on a, a few of them, I think. Like, probably four, maybe. And half the people on there, it's like, oh, it's Juanita Ramon. Here's a new post from Jim yeah. Ramon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds right. All right, we need to reset here. Play play another song. We're gonna we got some letters to no, read. No, we're not gonna play another song. We just played a song, like four know, minutes ago. We need to get our minds. We need to get separate ourselves from the pedophilia talk. Let's do the letters first. Let's do letters, and then we'll, and so then we'll enter. And then we'll introduce a topic this week because I like the topic. I think it's awesome. The letters are long. Sure. Yes. Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll start off. So okay. we got uh, we got mail. We always get mail. It's good. Um, love our listeners uh, writing in and stuff. Um. And this one was from, I don't know, no, he's not a new listener, but he sent us a long reply. So, hey, uh, this is Christopher Hodgkins in, uh, I think he's Birmingham, England, I believe. So, um, he says, he, he sent us a Facebook message at episode three, and he's he's only up to 25, so he's got a lot of catching up to do. Well, did you, I like, I love his rationale, though. He's like, I like it so much, I don't want to, let's do it all yeah, once. Yeah, so, with, which so he, I do love that, but it's going to get less topical. Because, I mean, I hate to say it, but early on, we had no idea how serious this COVID thing was going to be. So we were definitely joking about it. I mean, yeah, I remember we you went into, like, a coughing fit. <laughs> and I was like, ah, Neil, you probably got the COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, is that what it was like at the beginning of AIDS, too? It's like, ah, you probably got AIDS. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, wow, oh, that, that got dark. Joke. Okay. Classic AIDS joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. No, yeah. I'm just I'm just curious. I don't, so, no, yeah, I know what you mean. Be, yeah. We might come across as a little bit tone deaf. Oh, hell, a lot of people think we're tone deaf anyway, which is honestly fine with us. Yeah, we're just deaf. Um, we get a letter that tells us we're not woke. We don't really take that as an insult. No, we don't. We take that as a, a badge of honor. <laughs> anyway, go um, ahead. I'm, so he goes, I'm, uh, I'm taking it steady because it's so great and I don't want it to end. Well, thank you. Um, enjoys listening to our views, nodding to himself in agreement and laughing along. Okay, that's very cool. Um, he goes, it's so familiar the way you speak about the virus it broke in the uk in march about the same time i started listening to you guys it's july now and last week some of our pubs and restaurants reopened family and i went to the pub for a meal and drinks for the first time nearly in four and a half months smiling like a cheshire cat excellent um still no gigs here but thanks for recommending some great bands such as seven seconds agent orange smog town replacements effigies and radioactivity which in turn put me onto the wipers interesting that's surprising so this guy does he give his age 
He doesn't, uh, but I imagine he's got to be... He has, he has to be younger, right? Uh, yeah, but I'm imagining around about your age, I would guess. People my age are still discovering those bands? I well, mean, that would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. I hope there's a band out like, there like that for me well, to no, discover. Well, no, well, no. But... okay. Here's the, th- here's the deal, my friend. So he's English. Every band he mentioned there was American. So I'm guessing he was never turned uh, on to American hardcore or punk or anything like that, really, uh, probably other than, you know, the early classics. Um, so, that, so that's interesting. So he says, and, and I know he's older because he talks about this club I'm about to get into. So, mm. so he says, I live in Birmingham in is the it, UK. Is it your favorite gay club in Champaign, Illinois, Neil? <laughs> no, this is a... Where you go wearing short shorts and leather jackets. Damn, I'm never going to live that one down, huh? <laughs> um, I remember, everybody, I was with a girl. Um, he says... He does think thou do protest too much, Neil. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, he says, I live in Birmingham in the UK. The Prefects and the Killjoys were from Birmingham and were part of the first wave of bands. Our first club was Barbarella's. So that's the one I, I, I knew about Barbarella's after it was closed. And then it became the Cedar Club and the Tin Can, amongst other bigger venues or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, second Wave Heroes were GBH, Drongos for uh-huh. Europe, and Dead Wretched. And we actually played a Dead Wretched song um, on one of the other podcasts that was recommended by good old Dick Gerbil. We did it. We did a GBH song, too, when we were doing it. Yeah, our, we did. And we played Sick Boys. And I yeah, but that, everyone, everyone's City doing Baby. GBH, though. But Dead, yeah. Dead, Dead Wretched was a, was a small yeah, one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and he carries on. As you were aware, GBH went on to conquer the world. Drongos are an interesting band. Their early stuff, such as Peace, Hope, and Glory, are really good and worth checking out. They split up in the 80s and have reformed. Their newer stuff is good but lacks the individuality of the early stuff and has gone to formula a bit. Um, He mentions us playing No Hope for the Wretched. Says they only had a couple of singles. They split in the 80s but reformed about 15 years ago to play some local gigs and Rebellion. Um... He says his pod, our podcast has inspired him to start topping up his vinyl collection again. Singles, LPs, originals, or reissues, where to start? I've decided to the moment on a few original 70s choice singles, ones I missed over the years. I like the maybe, idea... Maybe of, he is closer to your age, Neil. I guess, I guess that would think would make sense, right? Well, I think so. If he, if, if he mentions Barbarella's, which has been closed for decades. So, yeah, he's got okay. to be close to that. He likes the idea of a young punk or punkette being so excited to buy it with their bit of cash. It being in the collection and playing it to their mates, maybe before they... Oh, I see. He's talking about playing the new single before they went out to the club at night or something. Mm. Um, he says, so far I've bought for adults only by the Valves, Where Were You by the Mekons, and Voice of Youth by These Animal Men. Three good choices mm. there. At the moment, so you I, played these animal men too, haven't you? I yes, I have, and that was just second episode, I believe, or second or third. Wow. Yeah, yep, yeah, long time long ago time. now. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, we can't remember if we talked about something last week or not. Yep. Um, at the moment, I'm listening to Hands of Gretel, who I've never heard of. The Blue mm-hmm. Carpet Band, never heard of. That's a terrible mm-hmm. name. Vibrate Two Fingers and Heavy Drapes. Those are all terrible band names. My God. Maybe they rock though, Neil. Maybe they rock. The bands uh, could be good, even if the names are bad. Nah, 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 rule of thumb, if the band name is bad, the band is bad. <laughs> Words to live by, by Liverpool Neil, there you go. Uh, my own band, Year Zero, gig around, and we have fun. So thanks for... He, ma- actually, for- said, he actually put a YouTube clip he in did. there of his band, and that is... Now, I know I promised this a while back, so I'm not going to make a promise about when it's going to happen, because that's deadlines aren't really our thing we don't do this to put ourselves under pressure we do this to have fun but we are we are going to do a listener submission show and that song will probably make the list so we'll we'll play that song when the time comes so look for have... year, look for year zero i guess that's good yeah. and he finishes the with that is, it, I, I kind of tried to google them in general and it's not like some famous band 
called Ghost, like that Swedish like pop metal band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has a song called Year Zero, so that's all you can. And you'd think Year Zero would be a pretty easy thing to Google, but it's really not. So anyway, but anyway, cool classic punk. So it says thanks for very much for doing the podcast. Kind regards, Chris. So thanks a lot for your yeah, for your long email, Chris. Chris Hodgkins, that was excellent, and uh, we love to get stuff like that. It makes us feel like worthwhile. Loves hearing from his fellow Englishmen. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, uh, do, you, do you have do you have one you're going to read up? Yeah, I got one more I want to read. And this is from a guy named Brian from Virginia who's written to us before. And it was regarding the covers episode, which people really seem to like that. I'm, I'm I'm happy because when we got done with it, I'm like, I don't know if that was good or not, but we we'll probably go revisit that. You know, yeah, at some point, covers because yeah. there's so many. I mean, we, there's so many things we need to revisit. We need to we did the A to Z gigs, but there were a few like extra ones that i think we should have went over so we'll revisit that at some point we're going to do the listener submissions one well what else did we hit on that we didn't that i felt we could go back to it doesn't matter anyway but number 51 yeah it was the covers episode so he said hey tom and neil just finished the episode 51 which included the gang green cover of voices carry i had a gang green cassette in high school but never really enjoyed that cover of the original song until i heard what al jurgensen the ministry had to say about it According to him, when he was seeing Amy Mann, the place he lived was haunted by a ghost who didn't like it when the two of them had sex. So the ghost would shake the walls and make a fuss whenever Amy was around. They had to hush because voices carry to the grave. Now whenever the original comes on the radio, I think about ghosts. And then he included an interview with Al Jurgensen, I think with Rolling Stone or something. I can't remember, but it's a great interview actually with Al Jurgensen back, you know, many years ago. And it is pretty funny. And I must say... I'm pretty impressed that Al Jurgensen could get an Amy Mann caliber chick. I don't know who Amy Mann is. Do you want to? Do you want to? You don't tell me. You don't until Tuesday. They were like a pop band. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You gotcha. Yeah. Blonde had that kind of short, like '80s. Yep. Chick hair. She kind of looked like a hotter version of like Ivan Drago's wife from Rocky Three. <laughs> oh, Bridget Nielsen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even though I know Bridget Nielsen was not without her charms. I mean, she was actually married to Sylvester Stallone for a while. I think. Uh... Even she's like, yeah. Is that good or bad? I I don't know. <laughs> not my life, pal. Not my life. But anyway, no. But anyway, that was that was a great story, and I enjoyed the interview. So thanks, thanks for sending that in, and I love that song. I, I even like the original version. Not that I really go out of my way to find it, but I will spill the, spin the gangrene one fairly regularly. Now, do you listen to Ministry at all? I do. I'm a big Ministry fan. I've seen them ten plus times. Really? Wow! Yeah. I never would have guessed that you're a Constantly surprise me, Tom. Seriously, it's, it's, some, some... I came across them when I was probably fifteen or sixteen, and I saw them when I was about that age, sixteen or so. And it was the "Mind Is a Terrible Thing to Taste" tour, and they had like this chicken wire thing to keep them protected from the bottles, and it was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. There's a couple shows that I'll go back to, and I'm going to get into this, get into the DRI one in, in greater depth later when we go back to our gigs revisited, because it looks like 2020 is going to be virtually gig-free. But uh, there was a couple shows that were just so insane that I think really set the hooks in me. And I know that Ministry isn't really a punk band, but really set the hooks in me for live music and the, and the sort of chaotic excitement that a live show could be. And Ministry was one of those bands. Wow. In fact, even see him in the early 90s, so that would have been, well, that would have been about 90 the first time I saw him. The second time would have been 92, and it was the same thing. I mean, it was just like, wow, you could get hurt at one of these shows. That's crazy. So, yeah, they, so, so they had chicken wire around the stage like, like, like the Blues Brothers? Yeah, pretty much. 
Excellent. Well, and and the thing is, they they've changed a lot over the years. Like their early album was almost like a Depeche Mode type synth punk. Right. And yeah, it was very different. Right. And then they moved a little darker on Twitch, which is their second album. And then their third album was called The Land of Rape and Honey. And that was what you would call the beginning of the more, more modern era. And they did all the cool like sound effects, but it also was like kind of metal-y. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of went to be straight speed metal, and now they're kind of trying to more relive out their glory days of the kind of industrial metal type of sound. But you, you get into them or no? They're, they're, they're associated with Chicago, of course. Yeah, um, not really, uh, to tell you the truth. I, I always thought bands like that were complete posers. So, it's like, not like them. Huh? But I think I could see you not liking them. I yeah. know it doesn't seem like it's the wheelhouse. But that being said, I do not. You can call Al Jorgensen many things, but I don't think a poser is one of them. No, you're things. right. No, you're right. I mean, looking back, I mean, you know. I'd you... like to see him and Lemmy go shot for shot. I mean, they were maniac. He was a maniac. He's still, he's like in his 60s. He's got like 5,000 face piercings. <laughs> is, that, is that a good thing? I don't think Lemmy would like for that. God, I have another topic I want to talk about, Neil, but I, 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 we got to stay true to your vision for this show. Yes. So let's play. Let's play another song, and then we'll come back. Okay. You're. Uh, okay. So I have, you want to talk about piercings? So let's make a mental note that next time you and I record, we talk about piercings. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. So the the this show. It's no. The, just play the song, and then you can come. Oh, back. what what are you doing to me, mate? All right. We are gonna play um, a song by the Sex Pistols. It's called Build Up, Neil. It's called oh. it's called Building Up to Something. All right. We're gonna play a song by the Sex Pistols, which it's so funny. Kings of Punk, and we've never played the Sex Pistols on the show before. Um, So, Sex Pistols with, uh, this is the B-side of Holidays in the Sun. This is the song Satellite.
So there you go. Um, not one of the more obvious Sex Pistols songs, I guess. I mean, not that they had that many to choose from, but I think Satellite is a great, great song. I absolutely love that guitar riff. Good old Steve. Um, so, Neil, Neil, you obviously don't enjoy foreplay. You just want to plunge right into it. So why don't you go ahead and explain the... Uh... Explain what we're talking well, about. Well, mate, we're, we're a half hour in already. What, what, you want me to beat around the bush some more? <laughs> the shepherd's bush. <laughs> Get it. Sex pistols joke. And I'm still going to be doing yard work, and she's still going to be giving me side eye. Okay, so That's you want to just keep going the, doing this show forever? You want to talk about piercing some more? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do want to talk about that. It's, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead with... Uh... Go ahead with the big reveal. So I, I don't know I don't know what gave me the idea of this of this for this show, but uh, I just thought it would be funny to do. Hey, let's have a Johnny versus Johnny versus Johnny show, and who which which was the most important Johnny in uh, in punk rock history. And so we're going back to '76, obviously, where we got uh, Johnny Ramone, Johnny Rotten, or Johnny Thunders. So which one is the more important Johnny? So this show we're going to be playing um, songs by each one of those. People's bands, um, obviously the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, and you know maybe Public Image, but probably not. Um, and then Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. Uh, so I, I I just think it's a really interesting topic because you had the three Johnnies. And actually, if you wanted to get technical about it, I mean Joe Stroma's true first name is Jonathan is John too, but right? obviously he didn't Did go. Did he not use it because of Johnny Rotten or something? I don't know. But no, no, because he'd, he'd gone by Joe Stroma before that. In the 101s days, he went by Joe Stroma. So for whatever reason, he didn't like his first name, and he went with his middle name. So it might, might have just been, you know, the way it always was for him or something in school. So he went by Joe Stroma, but officially yeah, his first name was a, he John. He might have been a junior. He might have been a junior or something, yeah, right? John, John Mellor, right? Was his, uh, yeah, his, maybe, his his father, maybe his father was John, so. Yeah, Maybe. So anyway, um, so we got yeah, so we got Johnny Ramone versus uh, Johnny Thunders versus Johnny Rotten. Um, any thoughts on this, Tom? What do you What are you thinking? Well, Tom, this is, Tom did I lose you? <laughs> no, no. Well, it's it's kind of tricky because I definitely have, for me personally. Yes, sir. I, I love Johnny Thunders. Yes. Love the first New York Dolls album. The second one had some good songs on it, but was obviously a significant drop off from the first one. But still a classic in its own right. Too fast, too soon. Um, but to me, Johnny Thunders was not nearly the influence when I was playing music that the other two were. Okay, interesting. And it's actually it's actually tricky because I I, I loved Johnny Rotten's singing style, loved it. But I don't think I had a bigger influence on my guitar playing than Johnny Ramone. I'd say Steve Jones was a really close second. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I was playing guitar, and I. I I think at the end of the day, I probably ripped off more riffs from the Sex Pistols, despite the fact that they only really had one album than I did from the Ramones. But eh, maybe later I ripped off more from the Ramones. But I, 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 I think that Johnny Ramone, for me personally, mm-hmm. is probably the biggest influence. Now, to say that because he was the biggest influence on me personally, that he was the biggest influence of those, nah. I, I think he might. Boy, but you can't. You right. Can't, it's difficult, right? You can't write his guitar playing off. Right. I mean that downstroke guitar playing is still the standard, classic punk rock standard. More yeah. so than more so than Steve Jones because Steve Jones played a little more traditional style, rock yeah, and roll did. style. He did, very and, very and, rooted. You know, yeah. And as far as being the prototypical frontman, I mean Johnny Rotten is is the snotty punk frontman, right? He's the standard, which I mean, everything else you know, is based on, those... basically. Yeah. Well, I'm putting together the best punk band in heaven. I got Johnny Ramone <laughs> on guitar. Of course, I guess Johnny Rotten's not dead yet. But he might as well be on, if we're being honest, right? Wow, that's fucking <laughs> harsh, man. <laughs> I mean, 
And, uh, of course, Johnny Thunders is dead. Maybe he could play second guitar because Johnny Ramone, of course, famously couldn't play lead guitar. Well, now, he do had we, an I mean, amazing do we, right do, hand. Do we know that for a fact? Rhythm. Oh, yeah, I know that for a fact, yeah. Okay. The tons of overdubs on a lot of the stuff he didn't plan at all. And if you listen to, and it's kind of interesting because if you listen to the live versions of some of their more intricate studio cuts, mm-hmm. the live versions are totally different. Right. Well, because that happens a lot, just, though, with most bands, though. Cause it's, but you, that, know. you know, the funny thing is, though, I like the more primitive yeah. takes generally than I did the advanced studio stuff with extra musicians and backup instruments and all that stuff. It's like, you know, the great, the classic example is, you know, like like Rock and Roll High School, there's two takes of it, right? Right. Or uh, do you remember Rock and Roll Radio? Which one is I can't remember, but from that era, like the Phil Spector era, mm-hmm. there's like the Phil Spector mixes, and then there's the Daniel Ray mixes. Mm-hmm. You like and the, the Daniel, Daniel Ray, Ray ones much better, I'm, sound, I'm getting. They, yeah, they sound like punk songs, of course, yeah. and the Phil Spector songs sound like, I don't know what. Yeah, whatever they were, yeah. So yeah, for, so for me personally, Neil, as a half-assed musician, semi-retired, Johnny was the biggest influence. Johnny, Johnny. That, that, that cleared up? Johnny was the biggest influence. Well, no, see, Johnny Ramone. See, but you, just kind of, Ram- but you just kind of argued against yourself, which was interesting, because you say Johnny Ramone, but then you said he didn't play a lot of, he, he couldn't play lead, and he didn't do a lot of the the stuff I'm, I'm so a, I'm, over the years i always envisioned myself as a lead guitar player when i was younger but the yeah. fact of the matter is i've come to accept the fact that i'm a really guitar player yeah so uh but it, it, johnny thunders was definitely more rock and roll based you know where johnny ramone set the standard for what punk guitar would be yes thunders started in the maybe late 60s early 70s the truth is he was really a different generation even though there was only five years between or whatever right no, well, I mean, I think Thunder started in like seventy one, seventy no, seventy two. The first Dallas album was seventy two or seventy three, right? Yeah, yeah. Seventy three. Th- well, or is it seventy four? Mm, I don't know. Get out your Google machine. I'm about to. I'm about to do exactly. I'm about to do exactly that, my little friend. I feel like it's seventy. Um, so I don't think it was quite as early as that. But yeah, let's talk about Johnny Thunders a lot, uh, a bit, because Johnny Thunders often gets lost in the wash. And probably if we do have younger listeners, they probably don't really know anything about Johnny Thunders at all, apart from maybe the name. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he, because I think he all, at the end of the day falls into more of the proto punk category. Yes. Okay. New, New York Dolls' first album was seventy three. You can call him a punk album. It's fine. I don't. I don't have a problem with calling. It was seventy three, right? Yeah, seventy three. Yeah. Let me coke. Um. Yeah, just like after Velvet Underground, you know, it was like the. I think those two things kind of moved. You know, the Velvet Underground was like late sixties. Late sixties. Yeah. 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 That was like sixty seven, sixty eight. They might, they might yeah. start in the mid sixties, but um, I don't put him in the same. You know, because I think at the end of the day, Johnny Rotten and Johnny. Uh, Ramon are the ones who codified, for better or worse, because a lot of people now don't really like the rigid type of punk that you and I do. Um, but I think those guys codified it. I think oh, well, Thunders, okay. John Thunders influenced it, but I think the other two codified no, it. No, okay, we're going to talk about this. See, I, told, I knew this was going to be a super interesting topic, right? So no, I'm going to disagree with Let's you there. See, I'm contradict myself during the... the... No, because it's, it's not codified. Because you've got three completely different strands of punk rock right there. You've got the Ramones doing that 60s Beach Boy style fast, you know. Yeah. Um, people say it's dumb, but it's not because it's actually, like you said, some of it's really hard to play or try and play right. Um, so you've got them doing that string. You have Johnny Thunders doing the classic rock and roll Chuck Berry, but sped up and really drugged out. 
Yeah, jacked up Rolling Stones. Kind yeah, of. yeah, jacked up Rolling Stones and completely out of their minds. On, I mean, smack, right? So well, that's what the Dead Boys were doing too. The Dead Boys were not did not sound like the Ramones. They were doing jacked up Rolling Stones, right? Right, but let's not get distracted by that. Um, so you've got you've got the, the junkie rock and roll uh, thread. Do distracted. What? If I, if I if we sign off, I'm just going to go downstairs and work in the yard. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you got you've got. You've got the you've got the Ramones Beach Boysy style stuff. You've got the Johnny Thunders more rock and roll based uh, junkie type stuff, and then you've got the third string of punk at the time, which was like the angry British political um, anarchic stuff. And so those were the three classic strands of early punk rock. And that was the beauty of early punk rock is that it wasn't any one thing. It could be any of those things. And a lot of bands kind of went from one to the other, like, you know, just like the Damned, right? They would kind of flirt with all three of those things sometimes to their own detriment yeah yeah definitely so um and it completely depends which you know which which part you fall on um early on i was definitely much more of a ramones guy but now i guess i love some of that rock and roll more rock and roll yeah like you said roll sped up rolling stones type stuff with the the junkie sheet yeah yeah exactly a a swagger so it didn't matter how stoned johnny thunders was his guitar playing was always immaculate and that first uh johnny thunders and the heartbreakers album lamf is just an absolute stone dead punk rock classic yep so um even though it's very different to you know never mind the bollocks and clearly very different from any of the ramon stuff why don't we play a song from that? Since we yep. got a lot of songs to get, we got we or you we we're, we see. had a very very ambitious song list. Yeah, I mean did. now now I want to listen to like uh, you know replacements doing Johnny's gonna die too, but we'll <laughs> do that at a different show. Yeah, so um, we're gonna do uh, the first track of LAMF, uh, the Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. This is Born to Lose.
there you go. Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers uh, with Born to Lose. Like I said, it's the first track off the classic album, LAMF. Born to Lose. Yeah, um, yeah right? It's funny, yeah. I have a I have a version of this, and it's I can't remember. I don't remember what it was. It's it's on CD or despised format, but it has the original album on one disc, and then there's like another disc of all the outtakes, and they actually did some alternate takes on some of the songs. That's kind of fun. Yeah, even I, though on the original, but it's it's they were, but they do a bunch of like '50s style rock and roll songs or early '60s rock and roll songs they were you know they were well, good well and there's the difference right so you said a bunch there so the difference with johnny thunders and the heartbreakers is they could actually play because you know they're coming from the remnants of the new york dolls mm-hmm. and um it didn't matter how stoned they were they could always play their instruments whereas you know the pistols were rudimentary the ramones were a little you know rudimentary or whatever and a lot of the early um english punk bands they couldn't play at all so well, the ramones famously you know they tried to do cover songs and stuff when they first started, but they just weren't capable of it. So they, yeah, they were their limitations were what forged their sound, what made them so unique. Right. When they get went out, you know, because you look at those early songs, it was like one verse repeated three times, right? Right. And that's yeah, I still love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then well, I'm saying the more the closer they tried to get to like, oh my gosh, I got a couple dogs out there that sound like they're trying to murder one another, and I can't close the window, I'll die. Well, it can't be your dog because your dog's sweet as hell. And my dog doesn't yip like a little freaking ankle biter right i should go out there do some kicking neil do some punting there you go <laughs> but uh they might be after the bunnies go protect the bunnies nah screw the bunnies too whatever eat the bunnies just quit barking eat the um what, what the, I so now you lost now you lost your thread because those fucking dogs yeah i'll kill them yeah um yeah we were talking about the rock and roll thing like thunder. Oh yeah, they couldn't play the Ramones. Tried oh, to play yeah, covers, yeah, yeah, but yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Well, no, but later on, you know, they try to kind of expand their sound and try to be more of a traditional kind of band, and it really didn't work for them. Right. They actually doubled back. You know, you look at an album like Too Tough to Die. What were they doing? They were trying to get back to their. Oh my god, I think. I can hear it now. Be, yeah. That might be Sheena there. Okay. Yeah, she's sure. angry. She's telling them to shut the fuck up. But but you know they kind of figured that didn't work. They chased you know sort of commercial success a little bit. And then they went back to their roots and finished strong, you know. So, famously enough, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. So, okay, so Thunders was in the New York Dolls. He was the um, lead guitarist of the New York Dolls, obviously. Sylvain Sylvain was the rhythm. Um, They split up in 75. He formed two two albums. Made two albums, yeah. Um, Wait, isn't the second second album one of the most... These were just kids at the time. Isn't that one of the most profound names for a second album? Too, too much, too soon. soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. And then, famously enough, they were managed by Malcolm McLaren for a short time, yep. right before yep. they broke up. Um, and he definitely brought a lot of ideas about, you yeah, know, presentation and stuff to, like that to the Sex Pistols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So after the New York Dolls fell apart in '75, Th- Thunder started the Heartbreakers. And they actually moved to London in early '76, where they came. So they came to fame in in London. They 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 played the London circuit all the time, and hmm. they were actually went on the um, man the Anarchy in the UK tour. Man, what a tour that was! Um, Sex Pistols headlining, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, and uh, was it the was it the Damned or the Clash? The da- maybe both. Yeah, um, but almost, I mean, almost. I mean, the vast majority of those shows got canceled, right? Right, the vast majority got canceled. So they that were, was after the the Bill Grundy famous Bill right, Grundy interview where they right. cursed on TV. Yeah, it was the Clash. It was it was, it was the, the, the Clash that was on that. Um, they played with all those, but yeah, that that tour was actually a legendary disaster. Right. 
But to look at the lineup and say, wow, that would have been the most amazing thing ever. But I, but once again, I'm pretty sure that the Damned and the Pistols were looking at Johnny Thunders like they were already washed up, right? They were um, older guys. Well, that's interesting. Well, so, But it was like five years difference, maybe. I mean, I'm sure Steve Jones loved it. Because I'm sure Steve Jones loved being with another guitar player who could actually play, right? And and that's kind of it's Steve funny, Jones' style, about, too. He didn't talk about that in his book at all. So no? I, I, interesting. No. Did, but did I've he, read other... Did he mention the Anarchy the, Tour at all? I think he might have mentioned it, but I did read about the because he talked about his part in the Bill Grundy interview. Okay. Um, All right. Did uh, I, I did it? read the who's the Goodman? Is it Dave Goodman? Dave book? Goodman, did you read yeah. that Sex Pistols book? Dave Goodman. He was like the sound man. Right. He did the Spunk album. Right. And uh, and and he talked pretty extensively about that tour, about how disastrous it was. But Steve Jones kind of slagged off Goodman, so. <laughs> I don't, so I, 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 Goodman's words are kind of, you know, nullified to a certain extent in my mind. But anyway. But but fun, but funnily enough, a lot of people prefer Dave Goodman's mixes on Spunk. I just the, saw uh, on our old man Punk Facebook page somebody saying talking about how Spunk was way better than Nevermind the Bollocks. Yeah. I I don't think I actually have the Spunk versions anywhere. I have some Sex Pistols bootlegs over the years because obviously they only really did the one album, so. If you want some extra stuff, you kind of got to go off the map a little bit because I think the Great Rock and Roll Swindle is pretty much crap. Oh, oh it's got awful. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, got awful. A couple of decent things on it, but yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I don't know. But, I, but I, I'm it, losing my I'm losing my train of thought terribly, Neil. Terribly. No, but, no, worse but than, it, worse it, than usual. It is funny though. I mean, looking at the pictures from the Anarchy in the UK tour, so you got the Pistols with their, you know. Um jumble sale attire if you will you know the safety pins and all that kind of shit so you got mm-hmm. that classic punk rock style then you've got johnny thunders in the classic the new york junkie style yeah. leather jacket Dish- leather pants disheveled keith richards kind of look yeah winkle pickers on you know whatever and then you got the clash you know young fresh-faced you know english punk rockers and stuff and the damned were on that tour too so it actually you had all of them right you had all of them on that freaking you imagine tour. That? i mean how much would you pay right now to, for that i mean granted half of them are some of them are dead and yeah it's it's not possible but how much would you pay to see that tour yeah like i five, mean yeah that's like a thousand bucks right that's a thousand yeah definitely i mean for christ's sake yeah crazy um and all those bands in their in their like, heyday okay, i'm gonna fly to england now to see a show <laughs> and well even if they're not in a freaking heyday who plays Joe? Who plays young Joe Strummer now? He's dead. I don't know. But yeah, that would that's that's something, man. Yeah. Um. So any, but you know, you'd be supposed to come to. You're you're a young guy at Manchester U. Now you're a little too young for this to have happened. But you're a young guy at Manchester U. They're supposed to come play at Manchester, and the freaking city council cancels it. Wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be devastated? Wouldn't you want to murder someone? Oh, for sure. For sure, and then you know when they played, was it Cardiff or something like that in Wales? There, there was all kinds of, um, Catholic, uh, I don't know if it was Catholic or just some kind of religious people anyway protesting outside about how you know it was anti-God and all this stuff. They were taking it so seriously and like it's such stupid, a threat. That stupid TV interview with a drunken Bill Grundy ogling Susie Sue or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, for <sighs> sure. Yeah. Let's crazy. Play, let's play. Let's play another song now. All right, so um, let's do well. Seeing as we've just been talking about that, let's play. Um, let's play another Pistols song. So let's play uh, "New York" by the Sex Pistols, because mm-hmm. Johnny Rotten, yeah, he don't think he got on with Thunders and the Heartbreakers too much, because he blames he blames Thunders actually for bringing the heroin sheet to, to uh, London, which is what in the end killed Sid Vicious, and also 
in the in the wake of Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers coming over was uh, your girl uh, Nancy Nancy Sponging came over ah, in the wake yes. of that. So that's how Sid got introduced to Nancy and to heroin. So I think he always blamed him for that. But anyway, Sex Pistols wrote the song mm. New York, and it famously disses basically the New York Dolls and that whole scene. So uh, this is the Sex Pistols with New York. Sex Pistols, uh, New York. I always say that, don't I? When I after a song is played, I always say, "All right." So maybe I'll try and stop doing that and start doing something. But else you didn't instead. use your you didn't use your DJ voice, Neil. Well, this is this is too serious for me to be goony. So you know, too it's serious. Too, too, too serious of a topic. Too wow. serious of a topic. Yeah, it's it's big, something it's big is stuff, sac- man. It's something stuff. is sacred. Yes, it's funny, you know, because you know, New York's another one of those. You know, there's 
I know the only people who do diss tracks now are like rappers, right? You don't right. really hear about rock and roll bands doing diss tracks right. anymore or punk rock bands or whatever. But, um, cl- you know, uses the word faggot multiple times in that song. He does. Well, I guess yeah. just once. I guess just once. But, you know, it's one of those things. Another one of those songs where, you know, never could be made again now. You know, you'd be shamed out of the business. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't leave. Really and, 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 well, it's one of those things. It wasn't, I mean, he wasn't saying the guy was gay. It was just an insult, right? They did his uncle Belson was a gas for fuck's sake. What is that? What? I, say, I don't know what that means. What? What? What, is, what does that mean? What is Belson is a gas? What is the meaning of that? Was a gas? That just means it was fun. When you say, oh, that was a gas, you know, it just means it was a, great, it was a great time. Belson is one of the concentration yeah, camps, Yeah, no, I get buddy. that, but what is Belson? Belson is a concentration Yeah, <laughs> you, didn't, you, never got the, you never put that together no, it's, before? it's funny. I, I made it nearly <laughs> half a century, and I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Bergen-Belsen was one of the big concentration camps. That, you know, not a, quite as big as Auschwitz, but it was, uh, it was up there. So, wow. uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's why that song is wow, so you know, horrific. When we get our band together, man, we're going to do Auschwitz was a blast. That'll be our... <laughs> I guess the, you can be in that one on yourself. By yourself That's funny. But. Well, you know, of course, Sid Vicious uh, famously, I don't know if Johnny did or not, but Sid Vicious famously wore swastikas. Yeah, well, that was, yeah. And once again, I, I don't, Sid, I don't think Sid had any kind of an ideology. He was just, it, it was, was a shock. It was a shock thing, right? thing. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying it was a, it was a shock value thing. I don't think, you know. Sid Vicious would have been a, you know, was a Hitler supporter. Oh, God, no, no. He might, I, told, you, he might have told you it wasn't an interview, but... <laughs> all it was, oh, I mean, all it was, right, their parents were of the World War II generation. And yep. so what was going to piss off your parents more than anything else would be wearing a swastika. It's got no political affiliation at all. I mean, oh, that reminds me of something else. Oh, okay, okay, I got, I'm making mental note. We have to talk, next time you and I don't really have a, a topic, we have to talk about piercings. And the other thing we have to talk about is... <laughs> The NF in England when you were a kid, because I, I I watched a movie that involved that, and I want to get your first hand oh, take on. So let's yeah. let's not do that now because I think that's something we get into a little further. But I, I we need like a, a stenographer that writes all this shit down for us and like sends us notes about what we said we're going to go back and talk about. Okay, and it's actually interesting you brought up the swastika thing though, because because Lydia asked actually asked me Did you have last a big week. giant Nazi flag above your <laughs> no no my daughter my my daughter actually asked me last week you know what was the deal with that and why did so many people in the early punk scene wear swastikas and also Hell's Angels used to wear swastikas too and so again it was now that might have been a racist thing I don't maybe know. it was Hell's, Hell's again Angels maybe were it was not just, real diverse I don't think uh yeah I don't know um anyway we're getting completely off topic so. It, it is it is funny how those New York bands. So right now we, we're talking about the three Johnnies. So we got two yep. two people from New York and you know one from London. But yep. it is interesting how the New York punk bands had to go to England to get not to get famous, but to you know to record albums and and um, do that kind of stuff, right? Because they didn't weren't getting that much play outside of regional New York radio or whatever, right? So the Ramones famously went in July '76. And played yep. at the Roundhouse, I believe, and that's when yep. you'll see a lot of pictures of like Johnny and Joey outside with you know a young you know Johnny uh, Johnny Rotten or whatever or Joe Stromer, Joe Stromer, yeah, and Paul's Paul Dave Simmons, and, and yeah. yeah. So they really were, you know, the, showed them the way kind of thing. So it is interesting how because yeah, once again in his book, Steve Jones says they were already going before that 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 that, that show was way overrated as far as being influential. Huh. That's what he says. Well, I don't know. He's, his his mind is rot too. You can tell. He admits well, it. Uh, well, and the, yeah, they had been going before that though. But I mean, uh, that definitely codified helped to codify punk rock for sure, yep. and showed all these other bands that they could do it. Um, 
I mean, that's a whole other show, right? He has to go into the whole McLaren thing and well, after coming from New York in 75 and going back and forming the pistols with that, even though the pistols were already around, but he gave them that certain look and all that kind of shit, right? So, Well, it, it is, you know, once again, referring to that old man punk rock group we're part of, Yes. And it's not exclusively old men. It's not exclusively men. It's not exclusively old people. But but it's but it's a <laughs> lot. Of, it's a it's essentially a Facebook group that's evolved around the Rebellion Festival in Blackpool. Yep. But that's one thing that they love to argue about is whether or not punk is British or American. So that's actually an interesting topic for another day. I read a Ramones book that really succinctly explained it. Um, it was, and I, I'm going to find that passage at some point, but it's somewhere in the middle of the book. I never marked it or anything because I think the guy who wrote that book, the book wasn't amazing, but the way he explained the difference between UK punk and America punk, I think was really insightful. So one day, maybe today while I'm laying out, tanning myself, <laughs> drinking a beer by the pool, I'll what a handsome through, man. <laughs> look through that book. I'll tell you what, what I lack in handsomeness, I make up and make for, up for in tanness, Neil. You you were a very tan man. I'll give you that. Yes, I was surprised tan, last week. Yes. yes, you also make it in the. I was make, just going to make the hor- a most horrible joke, and and, and it would have came out totally wrong. So I, I was going to say tan lives matter, but you know, wow. I, those are the type of jokes we can't make nowadays. No, right? we can't make any jokes about anything don't, like don't that read anymore. Don't do it, please. No. It was just it was a bad attempt at a joke. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so where are we? Yes, we, the Ramones. Uh, unlike unlike, I didn't say white lives matter because Neil, you know, he's from England. They're all white as hell, right? <laughs> everyone's, everyone's very pale. Yes. <laughs> um, so it is interesting to think of um, mid '76. You've got all all those bands all in London at the same time. So you have Johnny Thunder's and Outbreak because you got the Ramones and you got the Sex Pistols, obviously, and a young Clash and all those stuff. It's man, the summer of '76 in in London, just absolutely mental. You're right? Thirteen. I was thirteen. I was Probably yeah. I was obviously was too on young. Your radar. Yeah. Now my brother did have uh, the Pistols were supposed to play not Liverpool but a small town next to Liverpool called Birkenhead. They were supposed yeah. to play in Birkenhead at the Hamilton Club, and my brother had tickets. Famously, he tells me anyway, and that show got cancelled. Does so, he still have his tickets? Um, no. The funny thing is, you bet he wishes he did because if he did, those tickets are worth like just the ticket alone is worth like two hundred bucks or something. Yeah, and he went and cashed it in so he get his pound and a half back. Right? Probably. Yeah. 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 Because they were like big tickets with like some kind of like serrated yeah. edge and stuff, you know, like people did back in the day. I'm so jealous when I see those old tickets from those English shows, like on our little on that old man Facebook group, because they were sort of interesting looking. And unfortunately, by the time I started going to shows, it was really only a few different ticket sellers, so they're pretty generic. Well, then it was like pretty when, mu- pre- with the rights of Ticketmaster and whatever. Yeah, know? I mean, then it was pretty much like the club was pretty putting on the show, and they'd make the tickets, and yeah. you could either buy them at the club or they might have them for sale at like a couple of record stores. But they would all well, be like homemade some, tickets, you know. Some of the most amazing shows I ever went to, there was no pre-sales. Yeah, I just at all. I mean, you paid at the door. That was it. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, because the guy, the guy can't use tickets to buy cocaine. Needs cash, you know, <laughs> cash. So, um, obviously, the Ramones. The, the most prolific band out of those three. Um, so there are how many studio albums? 12, 14? 14. 14? Okay. Um, so, God-awful covers his album. So, I mean, Johnny has, in that way, he has the most because, um, yeah. I mean, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers only really had one album. They, um, they had LAMF, which is, like I said, a Stone Dead classic. He did the solo, solo album, of course, Soul Alone, right? He had lots of, he had, he had, he had a few different solo albums. That, that, I think it's an actual album. Maybe I'm wrong, because I know a lot of it obviously was put together later. Um, I think that was an album, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. No, it was. It was because that came out. Soul Alone, I... Soul, Soul, yeah, Soul Alone, right? Yeah, Soul Alone. It came out in like 78, I believe. 
Um, and so the Thunder's own, uh, Heartbreak has only had one real album. Um, obviously the Sex Pistols only had one real album. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Johnny Rotten, you know, he codified, like you said, he codified what the punk front man was about. You know, smart guy, angry guy, you know, hated everything. Basically, yep. Year Zero hated all music that came before him, even though he was pretty musical, musically knowledgeable about things that came before, and he liked some very interesting, very off-the-wall type stuff, like, you know, German weird shit, you know, like can and stuff like that that people really didn't listen to normally. But uh, anyway, quintessential punk rock frontman, the one, you know. And obviously he, after the Pistols broke up in 78... He famously formed Public Image, who was still going right, and one right away, right? Yeah, I mean, yep, yeah. And much uh, different band. Well, the first Public Image album, you could see there was a couple of songs which he'd had for the Sex Pistols, like Religion, um, but they were never recorded by the Pistols. You know, um, I, I am not. I never have been a huge PIL fan. I am what you'd call a like. I could stand their hits or a few of their songs, but I never got deep into their catalog. Yeah, um, always you? a bit. Ba- you, you were no, I, I never, I don't think I ever asked you that. You, you a big PAL guy or not? No, I'm not. I always think that there were a band that was better in theory than they were in actuality. Like, I liked what he would talk, when he talked about the band, I liked the way he would describe them, and, you know, we're not a band, we're a, what did he say, we're a company or something like that. Um, and they've tried to push the boundaries, but unfortunately, a lot of the boundaries they've pushed, I found extraordinarily dull. And um, everyone raves about the second album, right? Metal Box or second edition or whatever they called yep. it later on. Because I actually had the first one that came in the actually came in the metal can? in the metal tin can. Yeah, it was Did like three twelve inch discs. Yeah, it was horribly pressed. It was off center. Oh, you dumb! That's probably worth huge money now. It was off center, and it was also the metal box got rusty. Um, it was off center, like like the holes. Yeah, the holes were off center. It was horribly pressed. The so one I had was anyway. Could your turntable even play it? Um, it would, but it would look very, it was full and it was very hard too. It sounds very hard on the needle. So, I mean, also musically, I just didn't, I mean, a lot of people rave about it, but again, I just think it's, I think it's tedious. I, it's so deconstructed and the songs are so long. I just, I, I, you know, I, people who say they like it again, I think they like the theory of it more than the actual music because it's turgid. It is just long and dull and uh, tuneless. You know what I mean? Um, So I like the idea of them more than I actually like the band. I did go and see them a couple of years ago when they played in Chicago, um, and I was happy they were that good, I could... right? they were real good. Um, they were. Uh, um... were they real good? Did you write a review of that? Uh, I did. I enjoyed okay. it. Again, I don't like some of the later music at all, but uh, I enjoy, I enjoyed it as as something to as a spectacle. I enjoyed it, and I, I'm glad I got to see Johnny doing that because uh, who knows how much longer he will be able to do that. But um, Anyway, where was I going with... Oh, yeah, Public Image. Um, again, so no, I'm not that big of a fan. I enjoyed the first album, um, but then, like I say, by the second album, I was just like, I don't want to mm. listen to any more of this. I, <laughs> what I liked about the most was that it was their logo, because I thought that PIL and that um, black and white badge, I thought that was fantastic. I thought mm. that, was, that was really cool, and people used to spray it around uh, my hometown. You'd see it on walls, because it was very easy to spray, right? It was that, uh, that Public Image limited hmm. um logo all lined up in it yeah 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 with the, so, just a pil and reversed so in black before, and white before we move on from the, the pistols and play another song which yes, we're sir. gonna have to do here in a minute something that's always irritated me and I, and we may have talked about this before so please forgive us my feeble mind is when people who 
I think, barely like punk to begin with. You know, the London Calling type punks who yes, sir. really only like the artsiest, fartsiest kind of punk rock. Yep. We'll say that the Sex Pistols were a boy band. Because, why? Because they had a manager and because the manager helped them pick out their singer. They were a band. Paul Cook, Steve Jones, Glenn Madlock were playing before they added Johnny. They were not put together like New Kids on the Block right. based on... You know, the manager going, oh, look at that sexy bass player. Trust me, nobody's going to look at Glenn Madlock and say, oh, there's a sexy bass player. <laughs> <laughs> right? They'll be dissing on poor old Glenn. Right? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it always irritates me because there's that certain snarkiness, that certain cooler than thou, like, oh, I'm too cool to like the Sex Pistols. Screw you. The Nevermind the Bollocks album is just simply one of the best records of any genre ever made. And if you don't like it, you're trying way too hard. Nobody's impressed. You're exact, Tom. You're exactly Here's my right. Rant. I'm done. I'm no, done. Stick dude, you no, know, you're exactly right on that. And that pisses me off, too, because basically people who say that because it's a sound bite and they've heard it somewhere. They don't know anything about the band because the Swankers formed in 74. So they were like you said, they were a band long before Malcolm McLaren well, was involved with them. The same people who, who, who their idea of the kind of punk they like is Fugazi playing the piano, you know? <laughs> yeah, fucking Kariki. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or like I said, you know, like, like you know, don't like the Clash, you didn't like the Clash even until London Calling when they started doing all their crazy, you know, well, and, well, and the fun, well, and the funny thing is, if you want to say any band was a boy band, it would be the Clash, because they were put together by their manager, um, you know, completely. I mean, he liked the look of Paul Simonon, so he got him in the band, you know. I mean, he handpicked the people that were in the band. So if anybody was going to say they were a boy band, it would have been handpicked like that. It would have been it would have been the Clash more than the Pistols. That's it. I'm going to start putting out tons of soundbites <laughs> from between you and I talking about how the Clash were a boy band. Yeah. Boy, that'll piss off the hipsters. I mean, because Bernie Rhodes was basically just as big of an asshole as a manager, maybe more so, than, than Malcolm McLaren was. Um, he just didn't have the clothes enterprise behind it. But Bernie Rhodes was a complete prick. Um, Once again, Steve Jones spoke so highly of Malcolm McLaren. You know, Steve Jones was a troubled kid, and they took him in, and they, you know, was like as close to a family as he had. When they, when they, kind of towards the end, when things got bad between Johnny and and Malcolm, I mean, Steve Jones, you know, he sided with Malcolm. Yeah, well, he was being flown down to to Rio and stuff by Malcolm. So you yeah, know, I mean, so it, was, it was definitely so. So yeah, I, I mean, is Malcolm the the you know the prototypical manager i mean is he, he maybe of like wrestlers right yeah well that's exactly dude that's a really good point he really is like a wrestling manager yeah the heel manager yeah for sure um all right you i would say you got something i would say let's do another song yeah let's, let's do, do another song so okay so the last song we played was the sex pistols doing new york kind of a diss on new york dolls and uh on johnny thunders and stuff so now i'm gonna play johnny thunders retort because like you said like diss tracks like like they do these days in the rap world so uh johnny thunders and that wasn't the heartbreakers i think it was on so alone he did the song called london boys where he really disses on the pistols and the whole London scene. Because uh, in one of the live things, he goes, this one's for Joe Bummer. So, you know, he's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so this is Johnny Thunders, um, I think with the Heartbreakers, though. I think because they recorded it. Um, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers with the London Boys.
So there. London Boys by uh, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers. And I tell you what, um, I will try and post the lyrics to both those songs on the on the th- on the Facebook page because it's funny to see them dissing on each other so much. You, you, you know the other. <laughs> it's it's funny too because I was gonna say you know the Ramones were above the fray on this stuff. Yep. Because they were once again maybe they just they just didn't really get involved with this, with this type of dissing. It's funny because the song we're gonna play last is a diss track, but it's one guy from the Ramones dissing another guy in, in right. the Ramones. Right. <laughs> like all their conflict was between their two their two main guys, which I think is a testament. You know, a lot of people hate Johnny, and a lot of people in, in hindsight are like, oh, Johnny liked Reagan, you know, we can't, we, you know, he's totally invalid because he liked Reagan or whatever. And, uh, and of course, then Marky said all that, talked all the trash in his book about Johnny that's basically been ub- unsubstantiated by anyone else, as far as I can tell. Right. Um, so, but it is, it, it's a testament to Johnny that Johnny and Joey did not like each other. And did not speak, and even after the Ramones split up, in the years between when they split up, even when Johnny knew that, that Joey was dying, did not even pick up the phone. But they kept the band together, and they managed to, I mean, it would have been fascinating to watch them making their records at the end, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been. Because yeah, I don't totally. know that they were ever together or, any, or anything, but but you know what? They realized that it was bigger than them, and, and it was kind of a, you know, they were a working man's band at the end of the day. It wasn't like they were ultra rich they weren't like green air fall boy or something you know they had to tour to live but let's not you know what let's not get off that hole you say they were above the fray or whatever let's dial the clock back just like a year or two okay uh, on that on that stage when they were introducing whatever it was that punk documentary or whatever on tv and johnny and johnny rotten gets into that famous yelling match with marky ramon (laughs) i mean that's that's freaking classic and it just shows i mean johnny obviously he doesn't he doesn't hide there he obviously had no he had complete disdain for the ramones clearly because he uh, he lays into marky completely on that Um, well and let's let's face it marky cannot match wits with Johnny Rod. No, no. And we've had people, people tell us privately that Marky can't match wits with a <laughs> two by four. <laughs> wow. We won't, we won't get into that because, uh, unfortunately, boys and girls listening, sometimes the best stuff we get, we just cannot put out there and we cannot record it. But we always joke about the fact that sometimes our best conversations happen before and after we push record. Yeah, with the interviews but, as uh, well. Yeah, for we sure. have good reason to believe that Marky Ramon is not a genius. Yeah. So uh, if 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 you people haven't seen that, uh, I can't remember what it was for that John Varvatos uh, punk yeah, four part thing or whatever. Yeah, it was. four part punk series. Yeah, uh, but parts. I remember you saying a couple of them were really good and a couple of them were garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I love um, that it's a Barbados thing. Isn't he a fashion guy? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know before that, but yeah, he's, a, he's well, that's one... cool. So you can you can watch about you know the gritty heroin riddled streets of new york and then go buy a 90 dollars t-shirt to commemorate to commemorate exactly exactly right um that's that's the most punk thing there is but it's completely whacked out so on the stage yeah there's marky ramon johnny rotten uh henry rollins um some as a chick from l7 i think i think yeah i think you might be right yeah and uh and then uh duff mckagan and uh, and basically, the, basically the whole show is just Johnny just taking over and just ranting about whatever he wants to talk about, and then just yelling at Marky and just completely laying into Marky the whole time. And he thinks that the girl from L Seven, he he mistakes her. For, he thinks he's he thinks it's a man. <laughs> gets com- <laughs> he gets completely confused, and uh-huh. uh, it's you know he's. You know- Getting a little befuddled in his old age. I well, think. the worst thing with with Johnny, I mean, the, famously, there's been pictures of Johnny Rotten looking horrible, obviously. 
So, the, you know, two of our three Johnnies are dead. The one that's left is Johnny Rotten, Johnny Lydon. And you see, like, the pictures of the fat, sad pictures of him in the airport. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But the truth is, he is, like, a full-time caretaker. His wife has got dementia or something. Right, right. yeah. I mean, that's probably out there, right? I mean, yeah. And, yeah, and I don't remember her name, but I... Steve Jones remembers her name. Well, it's Ari Up's mom from the Slits, yeah. For reasons we won't discuss. Yep. But, um... Boy, that seems weird. She must be older than than him. Then she was older, yeah, and she used to have all the, has, all the punk bands Jeffrey around. Has it. To be close to Ari Up's age. Well, Ari Up was only like fifteen or something when the band started. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but she's been dead for quite a while. She now, has. Right? She has. She's been that. Yeah, I think she she died of cancer. I think right a long time ago. Like yeah. If not, if not I, early, I if not earlier than that, yeah. I guess I don't know. And I, we, neither of us are really big Slits fans. As a matter of fact, somebody wrote us a letter taking us to task on not really being Slits fans. And I, I'm okay with, like, the real early Slits stuff, but they went downhill very fast, right? Oh, so Ari Up died, died in 2010, interestingly. And, oh. uh, and the mother's yeah. name is Nora. But, yeah, so, but, but he's, so, you know, he's, his life is not a bed of roses at this no, point. No, it's seems very to tough, I think, yeah. At the end of the day, despite the fact that he's... But the thing we talked about before with Johnny Rotten that we miss now in punk rock, and 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 I, you know, we kind of talked about when we had Joe Queer on too, is I miss the punk rocker as the provocateur, mm-hmm. because somewhere along the line, and I don't want to make this all about the COVID thing and the face mask thing or any of that crazy crap, but somewhere along the line, all the punks now are yelling at me to be compliant. Right. When the hell did that happen? It's just right. weird, right? It is. It's and completely... I get it. They're just worried about, you know, I, I get it. Their hearts are in the right place. I'm not. I'm not debating that. But it's it is strange, and I do miss the, you know, who's going to be the next one to do the Bill Grundy? Wait, what do you mean the hearts are in the right place? I think their hearts are really in the right place. I think they're coming from a good place. I just think that everybody's afraid uh, to everybody's afraid to rock the boat, Neil. No, I think they're coming from a very misinformed place because well, they have a but, they have a they have a very limited view on what's going on and the way things should be. But, but maybe that's neither here nor there. I don't even want to argue about that. But but who is going to be the you know? Who's going to be the next one to go on a Bill Grundy and, and curse? And who's who's going to be, yeah. even to a lesser extent, who's going to be... There's a couple of legendary like Saturday Night Live performances, right? One was Fear, of course, playing on Saturday Night Live. But yes. even that like 1985 when The Replacements played and Bob was... They were just drunk as dragons and Bob came out in a tutu and like... Drunk as dragons? I like that. That's amazing. And when they were done, he just took his guitar and just threw it straight up in the air like 20 feet and it came crashing down. I mean, who's doing that now? Well, you know, one of the best ones for Even that. Nirvana, when, when they, like, Nirvana was on Saturday Night Live in 91. I know you're not a big Nirvana fan, but they played, and then uh, uh, the two guys up front, uh, Kurt Cobain and the bass player, they started, like, fake making out. I Kurt mean, you Noble know. Sack or whatever his name is? Yeah, I mean, who's yeah. doing anything interesting now? Right. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Who's I mean, gonna, I, I agree with you 100%. Foundations a little bit. Who's going to. Who's gonna? Uh, you my know, Chemical Romance. Gonna... My Chemical Romance. Are they gonna do? You know. I. You know. You know what? Challenge the status quo. You just get dude, shot down. And dude, get... you know. You know who does? And you're. You're not gonna like my answer. Morrissey. Yes, Morrissey. No, Morrissey is one of the only ones who will. He'll say exactly what's on his mind, and he yep. doesn't give a rat's ass. It's true, and he's lost a lot of fans over the years because yep. of it. Not. Not so many that it hurts him really, but. But uh, yeah, no, and I, and the fact of the matter is, I'm not a huge Morrissey. I'm not a fan of his music, and I'm not even necessarily a fan of everything he says. But I do have more respect for him than I do, you know, a lot of the current big artists who are using their voice to, you know, to shame me for whatever, right? For everything, basically, for every bit of my existence. Right. No, exactly. Um, 
talking about Saturday Night Live, you know what? One of the best, one of the best performances, like you mentioned, obviously the classic Fear one and the Replacements one. Another classic, uh, if people have never seen it, is the yeah. early Elvis Costello one. When Elvis Costello was on, I think in either seventy-seven or seventy-eight, and he had he like he he'd been told especially not to play the song Radio Radio because this is American radio, right? And he was told specifically he wasn't going to do that. So he's go. He says he gets on there, and the, it's him and the attractions, the classic lineup. And he's like, yep. I, th- I think they said we're going to do uh, the Angels want to wear my red shoes. I think, or they were going to do play, uh, watching the detectives. And they so start they had to do that in rehearsals. Well, and they start playing it, and then he just Elvis just stops and goes, stop, stop. We're going to do radio, radio, and they just break into it so live that they. TV people couldn't do anything about it, so I think he's been banned from Saturday Night Live well, ever since. I, I know the replacements were banned, and and behind the scenes, hearing the stories, Lauren Michaels was such a rat. He would like he literally like would just come in and scream at the band. But the replacement story is great too because you have to be there in the morning. You're more or less sequestered in this building, right? And so what do you do? You start drinking, right? Right. <laughs> and in their case, they grabbed the host and pulled him into the room, and they were getting the host drunk before the show <laughs> started. So, oh, those days, man, those days. Yeah, um, yeah, they were different days, and it was wild and wild and crazy, and and yeah, people took chances, and they didn't give a rat's ass. I mean, Thunders obviously never gave a rat's ass because he was completely high on heroin most of the time. So. I was gonna say that that loosens the lips quite a bit. I bet, huh? Yeah, um, it's amazing. That these guys could do that, you know, because heroin is a, it's a solitary drug. Right. You you shoot up and you lean against a wall and you don't talk to anybody for two days. You know, I mean, it's, it's it seems like most of the drug of choice back in those days were was booze and speed, which is a strange strange bedfellows, but you know, coke and booze or booze and speed. Well, that's yeah. I mean, in England, that's what uh, all the early punks. It was all speed, 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 yeah. speed, just like the early mods. Like and, yep. Yeah, and like I say, it was uh, Johnny Thunders who brought that heroin culture over to England, and Johnny Thunders never forgave him for that. So, um, sorry, Rod never. I mean, yeah. sorry, yeah, Johnny Rod never forgave I, him I for that. You. I'm following yeah. you. I'm following you. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, so where are we? So we got Ramon. Oh. I tell you what, let's play. Um, let's play that lesser, uh, another Ramon song. The one you oh, wanted to play, and, and give, we'll, give a, we'll come back and try to wrap this unruly thing up. Uh, yeah, give some background on on this one, would you, for people well, who don't know? Famously, this is from the Pleasant Dreams album, which yep. you were telling me earlier. It's one of your favorites. It is actually, yeah. And, so this was this came out what like early eighties, eighty three or something? Oh no, it was way way earlier than that. Um, I'm no, because it was after end of the century. Eighty one, eighty eighty one, I believe. Okay, so not much earlier, a little earlier. Okay, eighty one. <laughs> yeah, so I, it, I guess you're right. The, was in the big the scheme of things. Album? Was huh? that the one after the century? Is that the sixth album? One, two, three, f- one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it'll be the sixth album. You're right. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. So looking at the track listing, I love a lot of these tracks, obviously. Some of the other ones, eh. Like, It's Not My Place in the 9 to 5 world might be the worst Ramon song. Oh, no. <laughs> God, I love that song. I mean, I like the of it, but I just never liked the vibe of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My, 81. Opinion. 81. It did come out 81. Opinions, right? Opinions. So, um... But it also has one of my very, very favorite tracks, which learning the background of it later made it, made it even more fun. Because famously, Joey Ramone was dating the woman who would become Linda Ramone, right? Right. right. I don't remember. Linda, I don't remember. But she eventually married Johnny. And it's there's varying stories about it. But this appears to be where the band really went off track as far as Joey and Johnny started to hate each other. But Joey never... You know, Johnny took the relationship more seriously. Joey never did, at least from at least from some of the accounts I've read. 
it was just a girlfriend of Joey, and it was kind of blown out of proportion, or wh- whatever. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, they wrote, wrote a song about... The song was about Johnny stealing Joey's girlfriend. It was the KKK Took My Baby Away, one of my all-time favorite Ramones songs. So let's let's give it a spin, Neil. All right, here we go. KKK Took My Baby Away. Yeah, that was always, um, like Tom was saying, uh, that's actually one of my, not one of my favorite Ramones albums, but of after the first classic four, um, it's Great. actually, it's actually one of my, one of my favorites. Um, and I think for me, the reason I liked it so much was cause it separated the true Ramones fans from the fake Ramones fans. Because if you were a true Ramones fan, like a lot of people at by that time and said, ah, eh, the Ramones are just one-trick ponies. They just keep doing the same thing over and over. And then they moved on to being new romantics or whatever the fuck they wanted to be, you know, whatever the new phase in music was, fad in music, then that's what they that had faded onto by that, that point. Mm. So by 81, I felt like I was one of the only Ramones fans who was still buying the albums and still buying new stuff. So for me, it was almost like a point of pride. You know, to to have that album, and I tell you the truth, I love every song on that album. I do. There's, there isn't. I don't think there's See, a I, bad song I, on that I, album. I do not. But the fact of the matter is, I'll take that over into the century. I think, 
And it's more because of the sound than the... Like, End of the Century has some great songs, of course, but the production just does not do it for me. I don't think it works. Yeah, um, and there, there are a couple of bombs on End of the Century. Uh, I mean, obviously, their um, the take on Baby I Love You is just... It doesn't oh, bl- it doesn't bling on an album, you know. Yeah, and then the uh, the couple albums that followed, what's Subterranean Jungle? What are the couple next ones? Sub- uh, Subterranean Jungle, and then there was Too Tough to Die, which was a return to form, right? Even though Subterranean Jungle's good too. See, I I think that was that one too had a lot of misses on it for me, but had some good stuff. I have it, so I have every one of them, right? I'm not I'm not saying I, it's like oh uh, because we were talking about that about you know we were talking about that privately too. It's like, well. It's not my favorite Ramones album, but it's literally still better than ninety nine percent of the records. Well, exactly. Any any record that came out, yeah, this year. I mean, it would it would make our top ten list probably that be number said, one. There's yeah. been a lot of great records this year, so I actually don't want to diss the records this year because I I definitely. I mean, I have a my top five favorite records this year. I am in love with. But buddy, would any of them be better than Brain Train? I don't know. No, <laughs> the, the answer the answer no. I mean, I'm admittedly, we have so much music to listen to. I don't, I'm never gonna fixate on an album like i did years that past. you know what that that's Start very that, that's very very true because he probably played those but, ramones but, albums a hundred times like you know I, I love that smog town album so much and i've listened to it over and over again yep same with drowns album i've listened to it over and over again and the uh the screeching weasel album i know you're not as fond of it but i love it i mean i'm i just yeah. i listen i do it probably 20 or 30 times yeah i hear you yeah yeah so anyway, and the x album is great and the uh I know you're not a big Suicide Machines fan, but I like Suicide Machines too. Like, that's my top five so far, and they're all great. Hmm. Now, the the top three are, are really strong. I'd be real surprised if when we're making our year-end list, those three aren't on it. So yeah. we're halfway through the year. I guess we can give a little preview, right? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we're over halfway through the year, which is weird. I love, and I love that Lion's Law album too. I know you weren't as fond of it as I was, but I love it. Yeah, it's I, all right. I just I think... I know it's a departure, but I didn't hear the earlier stuff, so I really don't have anything to compare it to. There used to be a lot more classic oi. There used to be one of the new classic oi bands, um, Lions Law, but uh, with Evil Conduct. You um, like the record, you still love it. Um, I, I like the oi stuff they do. I think when they try and do like almost like a New York hardcore style thing, I don't think it works at all. But uh, that kind of have like an agnostic front vibe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sick of it all or something. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think those worked at all, but. That's just me. All right, let's wrap this Johnny, Johnny, Johnny thing up. And, and the funny thing is, I don't think we've come to any kind of conclusion. No, I, well, okay, here's the interesting thing to me. So the way punk rock has gone throughout the years, you know, uh, punk rock was never just one thing, which is why magazines like Maximum Rock and Roll and Razor Cake today, they try and codify it into one thing. They paint themselves into a corner of saying, punk rock has to be this well, political it's less, thing. But it's less, it's less a musical codifying than a political one isn't it right but they love bands they only want to talk about bands that are of that you know yeah. woke kind of thing whereas punk rock is not so the three strands of classic punk rock well wasn't yeah. at least i don't know i don't know if you could say that it still isn't i, I don't know neil but we like i said we, we're dinosaurs at this point so but but what anyway, i was going to say was that the, the, the three classic almost like classic strands of punk rock right you had your ramon style beach boys short fast yep. you know and that's like the whole pop punk thing right you got yep. that on one yep. side you've got the sex pistols style anarchic you know anarchy in the uk that kind of style the political stuff you got that and then you've got the drunk wasted punks that you know johnny thunders and the heartbreakers were the absolute masters of that and then you have the replacements and all kinds of other bands followed that kind of yep. more rock and roll kind of lifestyle way so you have the three classic 
strands of punk all done by these three Johnnies, right? Each one was kind of the leader of that. So I just think it's a really interesting, interesting topic. And I don't think there is, uh, you know what, you know what, Tom, you know, who's the winner? We are. The listeners. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> because they get to hear us rant for an hour and a half, two hours about. So I, I so I, I, if I had to pick one as far as influencing me as a musician, now I'm not an active musician anymore, but I'm going to say Johnny Ramon. What about you, Neil? If you had to pick, you, you know, you're, oh. if, and I know you, you haven't been an active musician for a very long time, other than, you know, my back room a couple weeks ago. Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, you know what? That was just a week my ago, buddy. Ordered, my wife ordered a ceiling fan, dude. Oh, excellent. Now Can you I get to put it because it was. In the back room again, we will have ceiling fan. It was hot as a bitch in that room. So just you like that? You know what? I'm going to play us out with Chinese rocks because it was. It was. <laughs> it was. It was fucking hot as a bitch, well, and I could have been gotta rich. Make, you got to make your pick first, and then you can. We can sign off. I. You know what? You can do it. Um, just for everything, everything, everything rounded. I'm going to have to say Johnny Rotten. I guess I'm going to have to say the Pistols. That's fair. Yeah, even though I love all three, with a I wouldn't give up any any of them at all, and they're all some of my favorite records. Is uh, they'll all be top ten for me. Would be LAMF, um, probably the f- maybe Rocket to Russia, and uh, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. And never and mind the bollocks. Bottom, I will. Yeah, but I'm yeah, gonna, I'm I'm gonna go when I'm done here. My wife has said you need to go buy a chainsaw. Jesus, I need to cut down some trees and stuff. Or some branches. So, if anybody argues that the first three Ramones albums aren't perfect, I will come to your house and chainsaw massacre you. <laughs> Texas... I have a notebook full of your addresses. All right, just for that, I'm going to play Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and oh, I'm going to and, and are you going to do that? And, and I'm going to do and I'm and I'm going to do uh, I'm going to Chinese Chinese rocks because that's cause that's perfect. Right, so, and so let's, let's sign off. But I, I yeah. tell you what, I was a little skeptical about this topic, Neil. But I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. It was good good call on your part. Thank you. Punk till I die podcast on Facebook. Punk till I die seventy seven at, at gmail. gmail. Yep. We will uh, talk to you all soon. It's been a real pleasure. And now I have to go downstairs and do menial labor. So yeah, have fun. Oh yep. Care. And uh, so we'll talk to you all next time. And uh, yeah, stay stay free, everybody. Okay, bye.
Love you. 